Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Yeah, come on. So good. Well, the title of my message is Don't Worry, Be Happy. And I want to see people get their joy back this morning, church. I want to see you, get, see you smile again and laugh again. I know as a young girl and as a teenager, I used to laugh so much. Now, I was a very focused, very diligent student Um, didn't get in trouble. The only time I got spoken to by teachers was for laughing. They're like, Melissa, if you need to get yourself together, just maybe step outside for a while. I used to just giggle over everything. And then as you know, as you get older and you grow and life's pressures and stresses, we don't laugh as much, do we? No. And we need to get our joy back. And we need to listen to a song like that and say, come on, don't worry. Let's get a little bit happy because life is to be enjoyed. That's how God intended it. Amen. Worry and anxiety rip so many people of their joy and I want to take that back this morning. Amen. In Psalm 94, 19, it says, When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Do you know what? That is so comforting to read. He's the joy maker. He's the joy giver. He's not here to take away and suck the life out of you. He's here to give you life and life more abundantly and give you joy despite what you've walked through, despite what you are walking through. And that is a message of hope today for somebody. Hey, despite. And um, I'm believing that, that people can experience some freedom today. And I don't want this message to be heavy at all. I want to bring a message of hope and encouragement and freedom today. Amen. So I want to start out by telling you a funny little story. So probably over a month ago, I was uh, went down to Coles, which is just nearby our house, had to get a few little things, and it was just on dusk. I came back to the car, and uh, next to me, there was a big, uh, it was sort of like a, not a truck, but it was between a, a cross between a ute and a truck. It was quite big. And as I went to go to squeeze in to hop into my door, there was a a dog sitting in the passenger seat. Now, I'm not saying a little dog. I'm not saying a medium-sized dog. I'm talking a human dog. I kid you not. And so I stood there, and uh, if those that know me, I'm not a real, I like dogs from a distance, but big dogs freak me out. So I'm standing there, and I'm like, okay, do I just sort of go through like really quietly and wave at the dog. Now, literally, the passenger seat was in line with my seat. So the window's open and the dog's head is out the window. So literally, if I went past to open my door, the dog would have like, I could just picture myself him like literally chewing me up. So I'm standing there going, okay, just relax, Lissy. Don't worry. It's all good. It's just a dog. Right. So I'm standing there. I'm sure people walking past thinking, what is this woman doing? So then I was like, okay, and I could feel myself getting really anxious and a bit nervous. So I decided, I thought, you know what, I'll put the shopping in the boot and I'll climb through the passenger seat. So just picture me opening the door and I'm like, you know, passenger seat and climbing over the gearbox. And the owner of the car arrived at the time that I was doing that. I could see her sort of, I was looking at the back window, I could see her like looking at me thinking, what is that woman doing? And I'd... I'd at the point, my, my uh, passenger door was still open and there's this woman in the other car laughing at me. She said, I was thinking, that's what I would do too. Come on. So I got in my car. I looked at the dog and waved and breathed. I was like, that was a smart choi- li- choice, Lissy. 
Anyway, I just wanted to tell you that story is that, it, you know, some of us get afraid. Some of us get worried. But you know what? There's always an option. There's always an option to help you calm down and that you can steer yourself away from actually facing uh, something that's going to be so terrifying. But I, after it, I'm sitting in the car and I was laughing at myself and I thought, gee, that's a great illustration the next time you preach. So the moral to the story is uh, hop in the passenger seat, don't go through the, uh, the driver's seat because the dog's going to bite you. No, just kidding. So you know what? I was thinking that so most people in this room, we've all suffered with, you know, some sort of worry every day or anxiety at some point in our life or through a major event in our life, some more serious than others. And uh, some of us have walked through seasons where we've dealt with anxiety and high uh, levels of stress and even depression and you've come out the other side. But I just hope today that this can bring a message of encouragement to you today and that you can be free. And I wanted to share quickly a little story. Some of you might have heard this story many years ago that I shared. But about nine years ago after we had our third child, Zach, and uh, he was probably uh, maybe about two months old. And, um, you know, it was wonderful having a third child, but it's exhausting and you're juggling. And uh, Zach came down, um, not came down, but he started developing eczema all over his body. And I just went into a place of I started fixating my, my focus on what I could see. And I'm thinking, oh, not again, because we travelled the same road without Ella. And at that point, obviously, who knows, mothers, you're sleep deprived, you're a little bit more hormonal. So I just fixated my eyes on the issue and I just didn't like go to a positive place. And then I found over a period of weeks, I just started spiraling into this place of anxiety and worry that I'd never experienced before. And something that was quite minor turned into something really big. And then I found myself over the coming months having panic attacks. I would wake up and I'd be in the kitchen and I could literally feel myself like having this panic moment, the adrenaline inside, who knows if you've experienced major anxiety or panic in your world, it's the adrenaline internally that just ticks away and you think, oh my goodness, how can I get through another day? And I remember Christian would call me and say, Lissy, you're going to have a good day. You're going to have a good day. But in my head, I'm like, no, it's not going to be a good day. And I found myself not answering phone calls and not answering text messages. And I found myself not wanting to go places because this, this anxiety and this worry gripped me, literally strangled me. And I felt my mind and my imagination make something was quite minor, what was wrong with Zaki, into something far bigger. And then I, it started feeding my mind of paranoia. Well, what happens if, if this happens to him? And when he grows up, this is going to be wrong. And this, it's amazing how powerful the mind is. And I remember there was a moment and I was at a mum's group and I was talking to this other mum and she just started talking to me, just having a conversation and she started sharing stuff with me that was going on. And then I felt myself in that moment start literally, it was like, I've got to get out of here, I've got to get out of here. And I remember literally grabbing Zach and running to the car and I called Christian and I just burst into tears and broke down. And this anxiety and this worry literally was strangling me and it was sucking the life out of me. And I thought, I can't keep going on like this. So thank God. You know what? 
we're called to reach out when we're struggling, aren't we? We're not called to carry our internal worries and stresses alone. So thankfully for an amazing husband and my mom and friends in my world that just kept praying and saying, come on, come on, come on, you can get through this. I, uh, you know, we can only climb our mountain, can't we, church? People can say what, what you need to do. People can say you need to pray, you need to read the word. But I knew it was my mountain to climb. But I came out the other side, a stronger woman, more compassionate. I learnt stuff. But I'm here to say today that the enemy wants to rob you of your joy. He wants to rob you of your focus and your future. And it's time to take that back. And it's time to fight for it. Amen. And in Philippians 4, 6, 8, you've heard this scripture a lot, but it's one of my favorite because it's a lifesaver. And it says, do not be anxious for anything. Do not be anxious for anything. But in every situation, not in some situations, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Are you? Are you really presenting your requests to God? Are you praying? Are you talking to Him? Or are you just worrying? you stressing? You're trying to make things work yourself? And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. And I love what the message version said, says. It says, don't fret or worry. As simple as that. I know it's easier said than done, hey? Don't fret or worry. But isn't this comforting to read? Instead of worrying, pray. Instead of worrying, pray. And I've learned to do that better and better over the years. Lissy? You're going to stand here and stress and worry about what you can't change or are you going to give it to me? Are you going to rest in me? Are you going to let me carry that for you? And let your petitions and praise shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you knew it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. And I've experienced that personally, church. I love this scripture. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displays worry at the center of your life. You know, worry happens when we assume responsibility that God never intended us to have in the first place. You know, we, we assume responsibility. We carry it. We try and work it through. But he says, it's not for you to carry. Give it to me. Rest in me. And you know, it's like when, when you get a call from your son and he's been run over by a surfboard. And all of a sudden, you worry, you're stressed. Oh my goodness, what state's he in? I've got to drive 15 minutes to where I dropped him off. And then he's another 15 minutes around at Tea Tree. Oh my goodness, oh flip, I've got to sort the kids. I've got to rush him to hospital. What's going on? Stress, stress, worry, worry. But what does the Word of God say? Before you knew it, a sense of God's wholeness and everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Because right in that moment, the guy's phone that he grabbed was a paramedic and an ambulance dude on a holiday. He helped my son walk back to the car park, patched him up and stayed with him until I got there. God was already in that place on my behalf so I didn't have to worry and stress as a mum. I love that when your daughter's adult tooth gets knocked out at a water park and anxiety and worry and you just freeze and you go, what do I do? And then the, the water park guy goes, come over here. Let's see if we can find the tooth. And I'm numb. 
and I'm just frozen going, what a stupid thing to say. How do you find a tooth with hundreds of kids and water going everywhere and which slide was she on? I have no idea. And then he reaches down and goes, this this is the tooth. And I went, oh my goodness, it's in one piece, my daughter's tooth. And the word says in Jeremiah 32, 7, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? No, it's not. He has miracles day after day after day for you. When you hear people are talking about you and saying things that aren't true. But in Isaiah 54, 17, it says, But in the coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servant of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. How comforting is that? When a whole pile of bills come in and you have to pay them all at once. But what does the word of God say in Psalm 50.10? It says, every animal in the forest already belongs to me. And so do the cattle on a thousand hills. Nothing is too hard for me. We can rest in his promises. Amen. When a work colleague is um, conspiring against you and wants to take your position at work, but the word of God says in Deuteronomy 3.22, you shall not fear them, for it is the Lord your God who fights for you. Amen. Come on, why don't we thank God this morning that his promises we can hold on to. Are you a worrier? I know some of us worry more than others just by nature. But I want to ask you this question today. Are you a worrier? What do you worry about? Do you worry that you won't be able to pay the bills? Do you worry about your children when they're out of your sight? Yep, sometimes. (laughs) Do you feel anxiety about your marriage? Do you worry about your health or what could happen? Are you anxious about the future? And the list goes on and on and on. But maybe you just worry because it's become a habit. And you know what? The definition of worry is to be uneasy in the mind and to feel anxious about something to fret. And the old English word of worry means to strangle. Worry is to strangle. What an appropriate definition. Worry strangles our peace of mind and our enjoyment of life. And that's what it does. And some of you today feel more strangled than others or I really felt preparing this word some of you have been strangled for years you've been carrying stuff and anxiety every day and you are strangled by it and I believe God's going to free you today in Jesus name there's a a, a direct connection between fear and worry sometimes that may be interchangeable but worry affects us mentally emotionally and spiritually and even physically. And Dr. Charles Mayo said, worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, the whole nervous system, and profoundly affects our health. And some of you have probably experienced that personally when you've walked through uh, an event in your life and it's affected your health. Over a year ago, beginning of last year, I came down with shingles and I was like, I don't get shingles that doesn't happen if you've had chicken pox you don't get shingles and apparently I found out no if you get chicken pox chicken pox you can get shingles but who are I don't know if any of you know but shingles is triggered from stress and anyway I walked through that I got through that it was probably an eight-week journey but when I came out the other side something uh, awakened me and I had to stop and have a bit of reality check 
and make the decision that I couldn't let the stresses and the worry in my life and that stuff that I'd been carrying for 12 months leading up to that affect me emotionally, affect me spiritually, but also affect me physically. And I had to make a decision in that moment as I got well again, I can't let the worries and the pressures and the stress of just day-to-day life and the things that come against me affect me physically so that I, for my own survival long-term as a mother, as a wife, as a pastor and as a human being. Who knows what I'm talking about? God instructs us not to worry and the scriptures remind us with reason not to be anxious and I love that. We can hold the word. We can read the word and it brings peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. You know, uh, when I was preparing this message and I was just Googling some stuff, but stats are saying that one million people worldwide, one million people worldwide are taking their lives each year from worry and anxiety and depression. And I was like, no, that's not good, not having that. And we all know this scripture, John 10.10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. It's to literally to take people's joy. But his purpose, amen, is to give you a rich and satisfying life. Amen. I love that, that we can rest in his word. You know, when Jesus was here on earth, he addressed the issue of worry. And as it relates to all of our lives, first he dealt with our motives and goals, urging us, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves uh, thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Let's make God the master you serve. Let him, is he the master you serve, or is he just an add-on in your life? If you focus Is your focus purely on making money and providing for your own future when your eyes are focused on the wrong goal? Your love of money and your devotion to it will steal your heart. It will replace your love for God and devotion of Him. Jesus said, love of money and love of God cannot coexist in the human heart. Having said this, Jesus went on to tell us that our Heavenly Father knows our material needs and will provide them. And I love that scripture in Matthew 6, 25, 7. It says, therefore, I tell you. He's saying it as simple as can be. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. It is not, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not Sow, sow or reap or store away in barns, and let yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? You know, Jesus calls the warrior, you ready for this? Oh, you of little faith. And when I read that, I was like, I've got lots of faith. Yes, I do. And then I stopped and I went, no. I actually, when I'm worrying and I'm stressing, I'm not having faith in myself or the situation or the person I'm putting my trust in, I'm actually not having faith in him who's got it all sorted out ahead of time. We don't usually think of worry as a lack of faith, do we? But that's how God sees it. He says, do not worry. Do not be anxious for anything. 
You of little faith, trust me. Your heavenly Father knows what you need. He does. He knows what you need. You know when your child was born, those that are parents here today, you didn't wait for them to tell you and call out, I need milk, I need to be fed, I need you to put clothes on me, I need you to change my nappy because I've pooped. Of course not. You just knew what your baby needed. You knew you had that connection and the joy when you did, when you provided it for your child. And that's the same as our Heavenly Father. He has a greater understanding of what you need. That is so comforting. Don't worry about tomorrow's trouble today. And I find that we all do that, don't we? We anticipate, oh, but this could happen. Oh, but tomorrow maybe that's going to happen because today this is happening. And in Matthew 6.38, I just read it, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow what will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Yeah, we know that, don't we? Each day has enough trouble of its own. And when Jesus spoke these profound words, he didn't mean you will not experience heartache, pain, trouble, you know, and would suffer all kinds of stuff in our life. But he simply meant we should not anticipate ahead of time. And I know that I do that. In other words, don't borrow from the future. If we live in dread of what may happen, and it doesn't happen, you have worried in vain, or if even if it does happen, you've already worried twice. And we don't need to worry twice. Hey? Worry is the interest paid to those who borrow trouble. In the same sense, God wants you to do what you can today and leave the troubles of tomorrow for tomorrow's strength. Because you're going to need strength for tomorrow, but if you worry today about tomorrow, you've already used up all your energy and strength today when you're going to need it tomorrow. And, you know, 95% of things we worry about never happen. So true. We make stuff up and we just assume that someone's conspiring against us or we assume that someone's saying this about us or we assume a conversation is going on, or we assume that maybe I'm sick now and it's going to turn into this, and our mind just has a playing field, but 95% of things we worry about will never happen. And I read this, which I love. Corey Ten Boom wisely said, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, it empties today of its strength, which I just said before. You know, sadly, we live in a world today where most people are going to alcohol and substances and unhealthy relationships to numb and mask their worry and anxiety. But thankfully, we know, or it might be a reminder today, church, that you need to hear introducing God into the equation. Nothing else, just Him into the equation changes all the odds. No matter how frightening or hard the situation is or looks, he has got it. And thank God that we have him in our life. And that's why we cannot be complacent with just living our day to day with being satisfied with how things are because it's a hurting and broken world and people need God and need Christ in their life because the, uh, the spiral and the percentage of people suffering with depression and anxiety is off the Richter and we have the answers through him in Jesus' name. And I want to just quickly go through a couple of things 
uh, some actions that we can take together to help you worry with uh, to help you worry, to help you worry less, to help you deal with worry and anxiety when life throws you things. All right, are you ready? The first one is, and you've heard this a million times, but I'm going to remind you again today because we all need reminding, don't we? Meditate on God's word daily. Not just when you come to church on Sunday and you read the scripture on the screen. Not when you just come on Sunday and you bring your Bible and that's the only time you open it. But meditate on it daily. And I want to challenge you today. Chew it up. Swallow it and digest it. Because I find so many Christians start chewing the word and then they'll spit it out. Oh, I don't really need that bit. You know what I'm talking about. Just... Hopefully you're connecting with what I'm saying. We need to chew it up. We need to digest the Word of God because the more it gets in us, the peace comes, the strength comes, the wisdom comes, the energy comes to get through. Amen? The second one is condition yourself to relax. Oh, that's a good one. How do I condition myself to relax? Now, I find when I get worried anxious, stressed, I find I go into overdrive and I go into a place of keeping busy. Who knows what I'm talking about? I just keep busy. I try and keep preoccupied and it actually makes me sort of stress more, but it helps me think, okay, I can cope, I can cope. But I was reminded of this story when Jesus was in the boat with his disciples and they were going through the storm. After preaching to a large crowd near the Sea of Galilee, Jesus and his disciples took a boat to the opposite shore to find some time to rest. After they'd been busy, uh, Jesus' intention saying, come on, let's hop in the boat, let's go to the other side, and we're going to go and have some rest. Now, let me read you this scripture in Matthew 8, 24 to 27. And suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves, uh, sorry, so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, you worrier, why are you worrying? Now, I was think, when I was reading this story and I was reminded, I thought, yeah, I probably would have done the same. He'd be like, Jesus, why are you sleeping? Aren't you seasick? There's a massive storm. Come and help us. Come on, we're freaking out. But Jesus is sleeping. What the heck are you doing sleeping? Then he got up. He rebuked the waves. You know the story. And the storm was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man, in, man is this? And the winds and the waves obeyed him. Right in the middle of the storm, the disciples were straining, right? They were straining against the wind. They were straining against the waves. They were straining against the oar while Jesus was resting and sleeping. Jesus is saying right here, if you will get out of the way of your straining, of your worry, of your stress, out of your flesh, out of your anxiety, and rest in me. Are we? trusting and resting in him, conditioning yourself to relax, to rest in him. Christian talked a lot about rest last week. If you missed it, listen to the podcast. It was brilliant. Number three, listen to worship music. 
These are just some simple practical things. I mention this all the time because it's something I absolutely love is to worship and to listen to worship music. And I want to encourage you and inspire you today. Turn the radio off and put on some worship music. Because in that moment of feeling anxious, turmoil or something has coming against you, there's a situation you've got to face, if you flip on that worship music, peace comes, it shifts an atmosphere in your home, it shifts the atmosphere in your spirit, even if it's at home, in the car, put on your headphones with your, with your, um, uh, with your phone. And it uh, was probably over a year ago, our little Zach walked through a pretty tough 12 months where we journeyed with, with him and he, he saw quite a traumatic situation out in public and literally he spiraled into the place of major anxiety and worry and it gripped him so strongly that our little fearless, strong, feisty Zach who could take on the world was fearful of going out in public. He wouldn't go to the beach, he wouldn't go to the shops, he wouldn't look out the window of the car wherever we drove. It got so bad that he wouldn't even come upstairs and have dinner at the dinner table. He, he wouldn't even go outside in our street. The fear and the anxiety and his imagination, he felt like what he had seen, he was going to see again and he was afraid of that. Noises. And I just felt like as we journeyed through that, I felt like God say, right, to get him back upstairs so we can have um, a dinner as a family because he was worried about hearing noise outside and then that would make him afraid. So what I did, church, is I put on worship music as we sat around the dinner table. So that just drowned out any noise, but it brought a peace into the home that helped him deal with that. And then it spiraled into he, he wasn't able to fall asleep. So I was like, okay, let's put on some music just to help to calm you. And still today, he has music on when he falls asleep. But that's just a strategy that we have. But there's something about worship, church. There's something about the presence of God that in our turmoil, in our worry, in our stress, it brings peace. It brings comfort. The power of worship is so powerful. So if I can encourage you to do that if you're not doing that, even if there's fighting going on in your home with the kids, I'll turn on and I'll crank up the worship music and it does something over time. It shifts the atmosphere. My kids settle. My kids calm down. I find I center myself so I don't be a psycho crazy mum, not that I am, but you know that I don't go to that place. It settles me. Okay, right, we can deal with this. This is life. This is parenting. This is children. Amen. Number four, talk through your problems. Yeah, yeah, I, I know to do that, but some of you don't. Some of you find it easier to talk than others, but I would encourage you today, it's good to do that. You're not called to carry your stuff alone. Talk through it. Find those people, if it's your husband or your wife or your mum or you know, your girlfriends or people that God's placed in your world that you can just talk through. Don't just, you know, like talk about it and then keep talking about it and keep talking about it. Talk about it. Ask for their wisdom. Ask for them to pray with you. And I find that as you do, it just gets the load off and it shifts your focus and you're like, yeah, I can get through that. Remember, we are one body. We are one family and we are all called here to bear one another's burdens. You are not alone. I want to encourage you to reach out. Say, God, bring someone in my world that I can confide in, that I can actually say, hey, 
I'm struggling and I'm walking through this because we're not called to walk alone, are we, church? We're called to carry each other's burdens, to lift each other's arms high. When I can't lift my arms high, I need you guys to lift my arms high. When you can't lift your arms high and get through, we're here to help you walk through. Amen. So I want to encourage you, find those people that you can talk and get advice and great wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. And number five, limit your worry time. Woo! Yeah, limit your worry time. You know, counsellors suggest this technique to people that suffer with major anxiety. I was reading up on this. Set aside 15 minutes a day of active free worry time. And and you're thinking, okay, what do I do? So simple. Find something you love to do. Don't sit at home and worry about what you can't change. Don't lock yourself in the house. Go, right, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go out into the sunshine. I'm going to do a sport. I'm going to go for a swim at the beach. I'm going to go shopping, a bit of retail therapy. And all the women said, amen. Um, (laughs) Come on, amen, women. And all the husbands went, no, no. Now they're getting anxious because you're spending all their money. No, come on. Finding uh, those things that you love to do Fill your time and space to shift your mind off what's going on in your world and have less worry, free time. And I do that. I do that through different seasons. I'm like, okay, I need to go for a walk or I need to just go and sit on the beach. I need just to get out in the sunshine or I need just to go window shopping, just window shopping. Not actually physically walking. There's something, what is that, women, about retail retail therapy? Just even looking at the shop window. Like, I know if we ever go out to dinner, not that it's that often, but, you know, we walk down Hastings Street. (laughs) Not that often. Some, you just got to get out of the house. You need to change the scenery. You know, you're walking down, I don't know, Hastings Street or the plaza. And um, this is at night time if we're going out for a meal. And I'll just slow down and the family's walking ahead and I'll just stand there and I'll go, oh, what's in fashion at the moment? Oh, and it just does something. I don't know. It's just a woman thing. Come on, women. If that's what you need, gives you a bit of joy, then that's okay. We're meant to enjoy life, okay? All right, two to go, three to go really quickly. Number six is cultivate the awareness of God's presence in you. God's presence lives in you. And we need to locate that daily. Amen? We need to locate it. We need to rest in his presence daily. There is nothing better. His presence doesn't just live in me. It lives in you. His presence lives in you. And when you're in a place and a space that you need him more than ever, locate him. Because he's there within you. And as I said, and then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, will bring that peace, will bring that hope, will bring that fulfillment. Amen? Number seven, replace worry with prayer. And I love this one. This takes a fight, church. This takes hard work. But I tell you what, when you do, you will see God move. And Philippians 4, 6, I I said that at the beginning of my message, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God and the peace of God. And my question is to you today, are you 
actually going and praying or are you just worrying? Turn your worry into prayer. Turn your worry into a fight. Turn your worry into a declaration of his goodness. And if you need to shout, you can shout. If you need to scream, it's okay to scream. If it's to cry, it's okay to cry. But do you know what? Replace your worry with persistent prayer. And it's not me saying, you need to pray. I can't pray for you. I I mean, I can pray for you, but you need to pray because something will unlock in your spirit and you will be free and say, I can do this. When your teenager is making dumb decisions, what do you do? Worry, stress, get anxious. No, stand in that gap and say, I'm fighting for my child. I'm fighting for my teenager. God, I pray that your voice will be louder than the voice of the world, than the voice of their friends and the voice of their flesh, that they will be led by your conviction. They will learn to hear your Holy Spirit because in your word in Proverbs 22, uh, 6, it says, as you direct your children on the right path and when they are older, they will not leave it. Amen. That is a promise. That is a promise in here. And number eight is get help if you need to. And that is not a sign of weakness. I remember when we were walking through this 12 months with our Zach and we tried everything and we were tired, we were weary, it was affecting us, our home, our older two kids, seeing Zach just tormented by this fear that we could not go anywhere as a family. He would literally, we'd say, right, we've got to go here and we're going to try and make steps, but he would literally hide behind his bed and kick and scream because he was so terrified that he would see again what he saw. And the turmoil, and I would like, you know what? You're not having this, de- uh, devil. You are not having this in our home. You are not having this over our son. But I got to a place where we were trying everything. And I remember standing at the kitchen bench, and I remember crying, going, I don't know what else to do, God. And I text my husband. And then within the space of half an hour, he made a phone call. And then he called me back, and he said, someone we know who would love to come alongside us and help and even just come and chat with Zaki. So we put that into place and this person came alongside us for six months and it was just like another voice just to say, you can do this and was able to talk to Zach and unpackage that had the experience in this area that we didn't have as parents. And we walked that and we journeyed that and it wasn't just just praying. I know we had to pray and I had to rebuke that thing off his life and the stuff that he'd seen but also we had to put some action into place. We needed some help. And thank God that we can call on help with professionals and whatever you need. Amen. If you are a worrier or deal with anxiety on a regular basis, God wants to heal you. He has given you his promises, his protection, and his provision, church. We all have a choice. We can either keep worrying We can ruin our mental and physical health and retard our spiritual development or we can cast our cares on the strong shoulders of our loving Father who promises to give us strength. Can I have the band up? That is, I can just rest assured in that. And I just want to share with you on a personal note, I want it to be real and transparent with you today that church, you are not alone. You might have walked through a big season in your life or you're still walking through a season of your life 
that anxiety is gripping you or just day-to-day things come and we all feel an element of that, don't we, church? But I hopefully today that I've encouraged you just some practical things that you can start putting in your world that you might not necessarily be doing. But I wanted to share with you just through stuff I've walked through in the last couple of years. And at the beginning of the year, we encourage you as a church, find your word. You know, I might say, I'll find my word. But I tell you what, when God gives you the word for the year, you've got that to hold on to. And my word for the year was no care. Now take this right. Not like I couldn't care less about anything, but no care. Because of stuff that I'd walked through of worry and stress and anxiety. And I cared about so many little things that I, I actually couldn't change. And I found that's been a revelation. And it's actually, I found freedom this year as that's been my word. Things that you, I used to worry about or stress about, I don't anymore because I can rest in Him. Cast all your cares upon Him because He cares for you. And I want to finish with this story in closing. Last November, as you know, Pastor Christian went through a double hip replacement. Now going into that, you don't really know what's ahead. And... Leading up to that, Christian would say a few little cheeky things to me and I'd be like, don't say that. You of little faith, you worrier. He's got way more faith than me. And I remember going down to the hospital, sitting in the waiting room and it was time for him to go into the pre-op. But before we left home, A little prayer inside of me was like, I haven't met the surgeon or the specialist. Now, for those who don't know, it was a five-hour operation. Five hours, that's quite a long time to be under and under the hand of someone that you've never met or I'd never met that's going to be sorting my husband out. And a little prayer inside of me was, I would just like to meet the surgeon before he goes in. didn't actually say it out loud. But my heart's cry was that. When we arrived at the hospital, Christian said, I've just got to go into the office and ask them a question. And as we walked in, there was a gentleman standing there in his operating gear and thing on their head. And he turned, said, hello, Christian. And I looked and it was Dr. Rodder, Christian's surgeon. I got to shake his hand and I was able to say, do a good job and look after my husband. (laughs) Yeah, don't put them on backwards. Anyway, we go up to the waiting room. It's time for him to go in. And as he walked and the nurse lady looked at me, she says, we'll look after him. And I was like, and I turned. And who knows? You go into overdrive. You're like, strong. This is good. I trust you, God. But as I turned, I walked out the door and tears started flowing. I put my glasses on, I went to the car and then I just broke down. I started worrying, I started getting anxious. 
I started freaking out. It was like it was out of my control. I drove home. I called my mum. I had a chat, but I got home. And why I'm sharing this story with you, church, is to share with you the power of worship, prayer, and surrender. And in that moment, all I could do was trust my heavenly Father that He had this op in His hands. And it was 1.30 and He was, uh, he was going under at 2 o'clock. And I remember looking at the clock and I just felt this overwhelming like worry and anxiety and I went to a place of fear and literally fear had gripped me. So I went, I'm going to put on some worship music. So I cranked the worship music and then I thought, well, I'm either going to sit here and cry and worry and be fearful or I'm going to pray and commit this operation that God will have his way and the outcome is going to be perfect. So I got up and I started fighting. I stood in the gap for my husband and I started walking around my dining room. It was like I wasn't thinking, but I just walked from corner to corner and I just started praying and I just kept praying. And as I did, I saw four angels in the corner of the operating room. And I was like, it was like I was walking from corner to corner. And I started praying in tongues and praying in a prayer language that I'd never, ever prayed in my entire life. It was doing something, not only praying and giving my husband's life to him, but it was doing something in me that I had never, never experienced before or gone into a space. And then I started praying, like literally I started walking around the center of the room. I was like, because I used to be a dancer, so I'm very physical. I'm quite, you know, I use actions. But I started walking in the middle of the room. I'm like, why the heck am I doing this? But then I started doing this with my hand. It was like I was praying over the operating theater. I was praying over the hands of the surgeon. And I did that for about half an hour. And literally, I not not kid you, at two o'clock on the dock, the, the dock, the dot, this peace, this amazing peace just fell. And I felt at rest. Of half an hour, I was feeling anxious, fearful, worried. And it was like God said, give him over. Do you trust me? I've got this. I was carrying it in my own strength. We're not called to carry. The, we're not called to carry, church. And, and at two o'clock, I went and I just laid down on the lounge and I literally fell asleep for half an hour. And I rested because his peace came. And God says, I've got this. And then five hours time, it was about five minutes before I got the phone call. And all, all of a sudden I felt that fear. I felt that worry. I felt that anxiety creep up on me again. And Ella said to me, Mum, are you okay? She could see it. She could see me. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. And I went outside and I just started praying. I'm like, God, I thank you. I'm going to hear a call really soon. It's all good. The outcome's been amazing. And literally I went outside for five minutes. And as I just, that peace came again, I walked in, inside. I walked up the stairs and my phone rang. My phone had been ringing a lot over the five hours. You can imagine from family, friends. And the phone rang and I, I looked at the number and I went, this is it. God's so good and I picked it up and the words of Dr. Rotter were it couldn't have gone better it couldn't have gone better why don't you stand to your feet the reason why I wanted to finish in closing just with a personal story is because in that moment when something was out of my control 
I went to worship. I went to prayer. And I went to surrender it all. And I want to ask you this question today. And I want to encourage you today, just through what I've shared, through some simple actions that you can take of worship, of prayer, of, of reaching out, of getting help. We are a body church. We are called to walk together. But my heart today is to see people free, is to see people free from worry, from anxiety, from stresses that we are not called to carry. Don't carry what you can't change, but stand on His promises because there's hundreds and hundreds of promises in His Word that I've shared today that you can speak out, that you can declare, that you can stand on and that you can walk through your storms that come every day and they're going to come until we are in eternity with Him. Amen. Lift your hands to heaven. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.